gay stuff. Happy Valentine's Day, Happy kings Valentine's and queens Day. and in-betweens. I'm Lauren. And I'm Jess. And welcome back to another episode of Just Gay Stuff Podcast. Woo! That's us. That's us. Because it's Valentine's Day and whether you're celebrating with a friend, a family member, a partner or here with us on the pod. Mm, you can celebrate here with us all day. All the time. By I, that I mean you can just listen to this episode <laughs> on repeat all day. All day. Keep it playing, guys. So on today's episode, we're going to do red flags, green flags, turn-ons and turn-offs, and maybe some fun little worst first date stories. Sounds good. So how about you start us off? What are some of the red flags you look for when dating or in a relationship? Some of the red flags I look for? Yeah. Well, well, not potentially looking for, but you might not see them at first. Yeah. So red flags for me... If we're talking about a first date, you try and like gauge someone and where they're kind of at. It's hard when you're first meeting somebody. The things I notice the most are body language, yeah. willingness to give information and willingness to connect with you on a level. Oh, that's a good one. Some of the red flags that I wrote down because, you know, we had to we had to sit and write some notes for this episode. We did. We, we got serious I on this one. I needed to... Dot points. <laughs> yeah, dot points. So, like, my first one was not offering much to the conversation. Yeah. And see, I can understand, especially on a first date, there's a nervousness. When we went on our I first date... I was going to say, I was hella nervous. Lauren was shaking like a leaf. I was. And it was cold, so I was like, this bitch is cold. No. <laughs> she was just really I was nervous. just really nervous. <laughs> but the willingness to have conversation was still there. I was trying. So I think you can kind of say, okay, this person can be shy. Maybe that's not why they're talking so much. But I think it's... The willingness to give information as well. Yeah. My next one was comparing you to an old partner in conversation. Oh, yeah. This on a first date, I feel is... Yeah, maybe not on a first date. If you're talking openly about your exes and sharing experiences, that is a bit more acceptable, I feel. Maybe not on a first date, but I think for us, we had the exception because we already knew we were mm. out of... But I'm talking about slight comments of... Oh, my ex, well, blah, 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 blah. And it's like a constant comparison or something yeah. that they're talking about with you as if it's still a very prominent thing in prominent their life. Thing and you're like, Why? I think that's a bit of a red flag that maybe they aren't over their the person ex. they yeah. were with. And they're into the dating pool far too quickly. Yeah. Which let me put my hand up and say, I knew I was going into the dating pool far too quickly when we met. Yeah. Oh, no, you did. But we were very open and honest about that. And I think... We always have been. That honesty is the difference. Yeah. My next one is someone who has had many previous partners over a short period of time. Oh. So if you find that kind of information out, I'm not saying I know how to get that information out of somebody, but maybe it's a case of, oh, I've been in like six relationships in the past two years. Yeah, that's true. It makes you wonder about their commitment level. That would, well, yes, commitment level. That's a, that's a definite point. My second thought process was, does this person have like a personality trait? that is driving people away yeah that's true maybe an anger an issue, anger issue or maybe they have mental health that they are not dealing with yeah. and maybe they need extra support and it's really affecting their relationships yeah or projecting something yeah, on maybe. someone else yeah and then my last one was not wanting to answer general questions yeah 
So that comes down to, I guess, an openness. On a first date, guys, you should be able to tell that person what your favorite color color is, is, what kind of favorite food, do you have a pet? Yeah, exactly. What kind of car you drive, if you drive, what are some of your favorite hobbies? Do you have siblings? Yeah, things that are loosely about you. Obviously, we're not going to like delve into on a first date. They want to know where you live. That would be a red flag. (laughs) Yeah, that would be a red flag. (laughs) They don't need your address on the first date unless they're picking you up which in the world that we live in meeting at a place at mutual ground is probably probably best probably the best thing yeah what about you what about red flags that you see okay I think for me unfortunately I did not see a few of the red flags I am guilty of that but my first one now after going through all the trauma and stuff that I've seen has been vices yeah okay so like if people this is just me personally because I have been through the ringer, the ringer with multiple with partners. multiple partners who have told me one thing and then gotten onto drinking or gambling or smoking and spent all my money doing that stuff. So yeah. I don't have anything against that, and that's not a red flag I would look in general. For in general, but. Because I've had this trauma, mm-hmm. I'm now a lot more like or taken of a step back. Does from that, that also come down to an honesty though? Because obviously yeah. these people that you've been with previously would know to an extent that maybe they have a bit of a problem and they've just played that problem down to you. Yes. And then that problem that they've had has then affected you as a person and it's affected your relationship. So it's not really the thing that they're no, doing no it's not it's more the lying and the mm. deceit i think especially but you, it stems from that yeah vice. it stems from that vice and essentially it the especially the person prior to our relationship they never told me that they had a problem or they did but they told me that they had been sober for a very long time mm-hmm. but then suddenly one little thing happened and they were back to drinking and when I called them out on it there was a lot more but then there was the end of the relationship so yeah so instead of working through that with you yeah which is I know another one of your red flags is the inability to communicate yeah yeah Uh, that was literally my next one was not able to communicate avoidance (laughs) attachment style see I know you girl I know you girl (laughs) you sure do so let's talk about that I think it's just the same thing you and I are able to communicate quite openly and quite honestly Mm -hmm. you know not that we've ever had problems but if there ever was mm-hmm. we're able to be like hey I really didn't like how you said this yeah can we work on how we can approach it better because maybe I just misunderstood what you said mm-hmm. or maybe we just both heard things a, a situation differently everybody has a different perception of how yeah it's a, a different conversation can go or how an interaction can go and it's literally just about being open and honest about how you felt in that situation and if you have somebody who has a willingness yeah to accept what you're saying and go oh sorry that's not how I saw it yeah Um, and you can offer them what am I trying to say I'm trying to say (laughs) if they have the ability to see past themselves and see how you could have seen that situation play out for them yeah and you have a willingness to accept that it's a different perception, then I think you have a greater understanding of, okay, well, this is how we can avoid confrontation and talk through the issues we might 
space. That's 100%. And I think this is where I was struggling as well and now seeing it as a red flag. And it was one of the massive things I spoke to about when we first met and first talked about everything was communication, um, communication or and attachment styles, I guess. So if the person had an avoidant attachment style, mm-hmm. they couldn't face the conflict. So they would just run away. And then I'm very much a person that would like to deal with the situation head on first. Be like, right, let's deal with it. Let's communicate let's move on yeah and then if they just disappeared I'm like what am I supposed to do now like so it just makes that resentment and fester yeah see I told Lauren when we first met that I'm a very confrontational person I like to really um tell somebody what I think and really get to the bottom of an issue not to argue or fight but I really like to deal with the problem then and there so it can be fixed and we can start to move on. Yeah, and I think that's how we relate to one another. We both are very much like to see the problem. If there is one, Mm -hmm. talk about it find the solution together, move on. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Day's done. So the next one, I guess, would probably be a bit of a red flag and maybe this is controversial and I think maybe a different pod topic and I'm no way trying to offend, you know, we're trying to be all inclusive here on the pod, but people who are biphobic or panphobic. Mm. So you see that as a red flag if somebody... Say if you were bisexual and you openly told someone that and they suddenly disliked you because you were open to both genders or yeah, all genders. Yeah, exactly. So say you were, you know, especially um, in some parts of the lesbian community or queer community, because I can't speak for everyone. I'm not everyone. You're not everybody. Yeah. Um, I can understand where there are some girls who go, I won't date a bi Girl. Or g- girl or pan girl because she doesn't really want me like she'll just use me and then go be with a man so it's a fear it is a fear and I think I saw a really informative tiktok about it as well and this woman said that was one of her red flags too but you don't have to be biphobic or panphobic you can literally just have a preference mm-hmm. which is a difference than having that you know what I mean I think ultimately that comes down to nobody wants to be cheated on yeah and the fact that somebody thinks that maybe someone who likes all genders is more likely to cheat on someone of the opposite sex or same sex I think ultimately guys if you're afraid of being cheated on it can happen with anybody it'll happen with anybody you and I both have experiences and stories yep so you can understand that. Yeah. And then I think, I'm not sure if this is my final one. My final one is, which I guess is also a trauma to me from previous relationships or previous dating style and now is a red flag is makes you feel hidden. So we're not overly in public heavy PDA. We'll hold hands or we'll kiss here and there. Yeah. But I remember before I even got into my past relationship, when that person held my hand, I was like, what is this? Because I wasn't used to it. I, yeah. I had just been hidden for so long. I wasn't even a part of the relationship. I only had affection when I was at home. And was that affection for you general affection at home or only when that other person wanted intimacy? Um, Because that's a whole other ball game. I couldn't even answer that right wow. now. Yeah, wow. It's hard to think about that. I think at the beginning it may have been in general Mm -hmm. because it was still very honeymoony phase but then I think towards the end it was only when that person wanted intimacy and even then that was very rare Mm, wow so it was like things were stripped 
stripped right back so how how do you go from (laughs) yeah feeling kind of only wanted when that other person wants you to feeling overwhelmingly wanted all the time overwhelmingly wanted and like fully see it I say to you all the time I don't I don't know how to accept some of the love and some of the affection that you give me. Yeah. I always take it because I adore it and I adore you. But sometimes it's, it takes me a little bit longer to accept it because I've never been used to it. I think as well for me in that scenario, I've never been heavy on PDA. But I also feel like it depends on the person you're with and how much love brings out in you. Yeah. In no way, shape or form have I ever hidden any of my previous partners at all. No. But the level of affection does vary and it has changed from my past relationship to our relationship. Yeah. I feel within myself a lot more intimate on a daily level in terms of how close we are, how yeah. much we hug, how much we kiss. And like we haven't been together that long. No, not at all. So I can still see how that can be an early thing that could potentially change Drop, yeah or change I hope it doesn't no I hope so because <laughs> I don't think I have ever felt so loved in a space yeah same because my last relationship was eight years down the track like we were together for eight years and you know they say there's like the seven year itch and things yeah. start to get a bit stale and I guess being on the inside of that when I was in that relationship you don't see it as much no and you you also don't like to admit it to yourself you that don't things want to. have gone a bit awry yeah But coming out of that now and seeing the level of intimacy, it's like blows my mind because it is so different. It is the same. Same. I'm just like, wow, this is such a different vibe. Even from my last relationship, I was like, oh, my God, I've never had someone just wanting to be proud of me, just Mm. wanting to show me off and not in a oh my god PDA all the time make out in your face vibes because we're not about that comes down to how someone speaks about you as well that's what it is it's how someone addresses you in front of their friends yeah friends or family how someone like I know for a fact that you adore me I know all of that stuff I feel all that mutual respect and love and I'd never felt that in any of my past relationships I am super blessed to give that to you great now since we're talking about all that stuff because that to me is a very big green flag yeah I thought we'd jump into like green green flags. flags you know we spoke about red flags so I think green flags are important my green flags kind of tie in with the next topic but I'm gonna try and divide them Green flags for me on a first date. So this is specific to a first date. I feel I had to be specific here. My first one is a willingness to relate to somebody without one-upping them. Oh, yeah. I have this saying called showboating. That is when the person you're talking to is just telling you everything that they've done in their life and everything that they want you to be proud of them for, but they don't really allow you... They don't want to reciprocate. Yeah, they don't want to allow you to speak and have the same amount of volume or words in as them. Yeah, And this isn't just for relationships, guys. This is for friendships. If somebody comes up to me on the street and just tells me, 
so many things that they've done, which we see in music all the time. I'll play a set with my band and in the break, someone comes up and goes, oh, you know, I played with Powderfinger and I played with blah, blah. And it's just like, yeah, cool, man. Like, yeah, that's great for you. And then when you try and go, oh, yeah, uh, we've done a bit of that. They just go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. blah. But I, yeah. Yeah. It's you need a humbleness. Yeah. Yeah. And so it is a green flag to me is somebody who is willing to relate to you but not take over the conversation. Yeah. The next one I had was uh, someone who has a willingness to laugh at themselves or at a situation. <laughs> yeah. Because if we can laugh at ourselves and at a situation and share that with somebody, it provides a comfort. I think I, that was kind of mine, but I wrote playfulness. Oh, yeah. So same, same. Same thing. I feel like it provides a comfort because say something embarrassing happens on a first date. Yeah. If that person is... minded, <laughs> I don't know if you want to share that on here. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're vulnerable here. Um, I find if that person is willing to laugh about it with you, then you don't feel embarrassed because that just shows that they're willing to accept you on a different level. Yeah. My last one, because I didn't have many for green flags. I feel like, unfortunately, we always have more for red flags, especially after the fact. We're like, oh, my God, why didn't I see that red flag? Why didn't I see that red flag? I guess that's the big thing about seeing the negative more than the positive, I suppose. Well, this is my last green flag. Someone who has an understanding nature. So you might tell somebody something very heavy about you and they don't judge you. I guess that comes back to a willingness to understand. Yeah. So we're very big with each other on that. When we had our first date, you told me some really heavy stuff about your family and things that you had gone through and health. things and I think those kind of things when you have traumas in your life can tend to drive people away people get scared of that shit man people don't want the responsibility (laughs) yeah people don't want the responsibility of having to deal with another person's bullshit yeah so when somebody is sitting there just listening to you and showing you that respect and you know not judging you I think that that is a very big green flag that that person has a caring nature and they are empathetic and that's what you need in somebody. Yeah, it is. It's a beautiful thing. That kind of reminds me of an episode in How I Met Your Mother and it's like... Your favourite TV show. It is. It's my favourite TV show. And it's a quote where Ted is carrying like luggage and he can never find the right person until someone offers to help pick up his luggage. And wow. it's that understanding of, yeah. you know, he didn't have to, he carry, didn't it have by to carry it by himself. I'm here to help you. So I was like, that's kind of where... I love metaphors and stuff like that. Me too. It's awesome. So philosophical. Love it. So my angry flags, we're similar, I guess. We're similar people. We are. We are. So my first one, which we kind of touched on at the start of this episode, was healthy communication. Yeah. So super same thing, making sure it's all good. Second one was accountability. Mm. And I think that's a big one that often sometimes people miss. And I don't mean accountability as in if you cheated or whatever, because I mean, that's still got, you still should have accountability there. But I mean, willingness to admit when you're wrong, to admit when you're wrong, willingness to have a conversation with your partner Again, that all comes under healthy communication, really. Yeah. And I think until I met you, I didn't have any healthy communication with ex-partners because they just didn't want to have the conversation. They didn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Whereas 
I know there has been a conversation where you and I have gone, I saw this situation this way. And you were like, oh, I saw this situation this way. So we both apologized to each other because we had seen it completely different and mm-hmm. gone, right, all good. Don't worry about it. Yeah. My next one was playfulness, which we kind of just spoke on. What's playfulness to you, though? Playfulness to me is kind of like... Bantering? Yeah, bantering, being silly together. For me, it kind of is laying in bed when you're delirious and you have that giggles and just good times good vibes it's really important to be able to laugh with your partner yeah not even over just silly situations but in terms of when you can kind of take the piss out of each other and you don't get butt hurt because you know that you're joking in the past I've had a few episodes where I feel like my partner should have known I was joking because I would never say something that seriously and they've been upset and I then am lost as to what to do because it's something I always do. And I was. Yeah, you were like, no, we were just having solid banter. Where did I cross the line? So it's kind of, I guess that's another thing is if you put healthy boundaries in place with your partner, is to know how far you can. Yeah, and that's what it is. Poke and prod. Again, it comes all the way down to communication and respect for your partner. Because again, there's been times where we've gone, hang on, nope, don't cross that line there. That's. given us a bit of a nut i've always told you just say too far baby yeah too far car (laughs) Um, what'd you call me yeah too far car so and and that then goes into what i said understanding and respect so someone who's really understanding and again like you said it is i did open up to you on some very vulnerable things and likewise you did as well so i think it came down to that mutual understanding and respect of openly listening to one another i think it also helped that from the day we had matched on tinder we had been very open. Oh, straight up honest we were through, both honest on our profiles yeah and through even text messages we were telling each other so many harrowing stories <laughs> yeah. and so that going into our first date i feel like we already knew a lot about each other we did yeah hopefully it wasn't too much trauma bonding <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're here yeah <laughs> i can guarantee it's way more than that <laughs> it's way more than that All i right. like kind of like like you a lot Yeah, I kind of like like you a lot too. That's good. Let's keep it that way. (laughs) I hope so. So we've discussed green flags and red flags. Mm -hmm. I thought now would be a good time to get a bit more intimate and discuss turn-ons and turn-offs. Oof. Yeah. How intimate are we getting? However intimate you like. Okay, I'm going to start with my turn-ons. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't need to tell you. you No. (laughs) I am aware. My turn-ons, if we're staying out of the bedroom for now. Oh. Oh, you wrote all in the bedroom once? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm staying out of the bedroom for now. One of my biggest turn-ons is knowledge. Oh, I didn't put that one, but yeah. I love intelligent conversation and things that you can talk about that you might have massive differing opinions on, but it doesn't come to an argument. It's like that educational debate that you're able to converse about. I love having deep conversations with somebody, especially about true crime. Yeah. I want to know who killed John JonBenet Ramsey. And I love that when I texted you, if you liked true crime in one of our first messages. That was one of our first conversations. And I said to you, if you could have any unsolved crime solved, which one would it be? And we both said John Benet Ramsey and you were like sold I was like she's it she was like she's, she's it, it for me she's it found her <laughs> found her now <laughs> all right my next one is someone who can look you in the eye when yeah. they talk to you that to me 
is such a respect. Yeah. And it shows that the other person has like a cool, calm confidence about them. Some people I find really hard to look in the eye. And I think sometimes that can say something about the relationship you hold with that person. It does. Maybe you don't feel a closeness. It comes off as energies as well, really. So sometimes I think it's that awkwardness if you don't know how to look someone in the eye. And I don't usually have a problem with that, but some people who I've met over the course of the last few years I really I don't feel comfortable looking at them like looking them in the eye and I feel like yeah that's a big teller to me when I know that there's an energy off there yeah so I guess that's a red flag for me on my end I know that maybe that person is not my person not your person yeah Yeah. the other thing that is a real turn on for me is classiness I love a partner that can dress really classy on the street and save all those revealing things for the bedroom. Yeah, essentially. (laughs) I would never tell you how to dress. This is not supposed to be a controlling thing at all. Please don't shoot me. Um, I'm just saying that it's really sexy to see somebody who can pull off looking stunning and not having to show too much cleavage or wearing the shortest shorts. Or I find so much sexiness in classiness classiness it's i think that also call me old-fashioned you are (laughs) i think it comes down to like you said the classiness but also that separate point of intimacy in a relationship so obviously out and presenting classy and walking around beautiful that way and not revealing too much but also you can dress however you want we're not telling people oh, how yeah. to if you if you <laughs> wanted to wear a bikini to a cocktail party i would not stop you and i would still well, I would help you <laughs> hope you would but yeah <laughs> <laughs> i would still love you the exact same i'm just saying i find it a turn on when yeah. you can have that classiness about you and then you come home and you then you can strip off off. yeah (laughs) yeah she's just saving the present for later yeah exactly (laughs) you can you can unwrap the present later in the privacy of your own home and again that's what i'm saying it comes down to that intimacy and building that i love that me too yeah love you are you oh Mm. i love you do you want me to do turn offs or are you going to do your turn ons now? Oh, I'll do my turn ons. Okay. But I didn't go that, but I kind of agree with your. <laughs> Lauren went her turn ons in the bedroom. I went straight to the bedroom. I have a dirty mind. She's like, bite my neck, lick my clavicle. <laughs> well, it wasn't lick my clavicle, but bite my neck was the first one on there. Let's <laughs> <laughs> kiss my neck, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that was close. I should know I do it (laughs) you should before we get into the bedroom I do agree with you on the dressing classy and and presenting nicely and then being intimate with your partner separately and then I also had the intelligence so this is a funny story (laughs) I know exactly what you're going to say and Jess knows exactly what I'm about to say (laughs) when we were like talking for a bit and Jess is quite intelligent even though she's also very modest so she won't say so I remember conversing with her and going, oh, it's so wonderful to be able to talk with someone so intelligent and someone mutually on my level. So Lauren thought (laughs) she was also very intelligent, which you are. (laughs) I was going to say, hey. (laughs) (laughs) No, Lauren is selling herself short here. She is also very intelligent, but sometimes she says some really dumb shit. I'm blonde, guys. (laughs) (laughs) And so now we have this inside joke when Lauren says something really dumb. I'm like, are you still looking for someone on your level? Because you haven't found them. And one of our friends was like, oh my God, that's so mean. And I'm like, no, it's an inside joke. It's fine. (laughs) 
It's like when Lauren washes her hair and it goes really puffy. And I don't know if you guys know. Oh, can I say puffy? I mean like poofy. Poofy. <laughs> like mean, frizzy, yeah. not puffy. <laughs> I know we're talking about gay mean, things here on the pod, but I calm didn't down. I to offend. When her hair goes really floofy. That's a better. Yeah, floof. Floofy. Blonde floof. It is blonde floof. I call her my swamp witch. Yeah. Which is a reference to a video game, guys. It's a reference to Which Left is a dead. gamer, so that's a form of love. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but when outside people hear me say, oh, my floofy oh, swamp, my swamp witch, they're like, oh, is that a pet name? <laughs> what, a, what an interesting term. So red flag, <laughs> red flag. <laughs> Your hair's red, so. <laughs> so now going into the bedroom, got neck kisses. Mm-hmm. Lip biting. Well, I didn't do bedroom, but I'm just going to agree where I agree. Okay. So I agree with both of those. And then the third one was just really good smell. Oh, yeah. So like cleanliness, I guess, is a big thing Mm -hmm. for me. You know, as women, we have our own sort of smells and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it's just making sure that we're clean. Make sure that your smell is a magnet and not a repellent. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I was trying to get deep with that one. You were. Did you like it? I did. Excellent. got very therapist on me. No, I'm trying to do metaphorical. Uh, Oh, yeah. that. Philosophical (laughs) and metaphorical. Yeah. That's my go-tos. So I think those were really my main... They're good. ...turn-ons. Yeah. Do you want to talk I, about your turn-offs? I just want to say I think that you like hastiness as well. Hastiness? Yeah. Like, like you anticipate... Know, no, no, no. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to wait six more pods to say patient? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean hastiness like when you start kissing somebody slow and then you go rapidly faster. Oh, yeah, yeah. I find that you, that makes you catch your breath a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I do. okay yeah turn-offs for me again I didn't really go too much in the bedroom if I knew that Lauren's head was going there then I would have it wasn't for turn-offs apparently it was just for turn-ons my turn-offs I kind of said this in red flags I feel like red flags and turn-offs can go hand in hand though yeah what do you guys think well my turn-offs I kind of said the same thing so Someone who only wants to tell you everything they've done. Yeah. Because if someone's not giving you equal amount of time in a conversation, I feel like, fuck that. Yeah. If they're not giving you equal time in a conversation. Well, they're not having a conversation. You're just listening to them. But then how are they going to give you equal time in a relationship? They're not. They're not going to. No. It won't work. And then one upping in that conversation, like we said before. Yeah. I know we've spoken about, you and I have spoken about people can sometimes do that to relate to you. Yeah. But I think there's a clear difference between relating to you and being like, Snobby. oh, Lauren, did you buy a red car? Well, I bought a red car and it's bigger than your, like, yeah. it's that ego. That's such a turn off. Yeah. Ego. Yeah. Oh man. Gross. Don't <laughs> do that. Listen to your potential partner. Listen to your date. Offer and you give it's and take. It's a push and pull, right? It is. It is. What else did I put? <laughs> No, that's all I have for turn-offs. That's all I have. I'm sure there's more. You'll think of them. Probably, but they must be my main ones because of the first things that came to my head. Yeah. Hit me with yours. I thought you were going to say hit me with your best shot. Hit me with your best Best turn-offs. Yep, okay. So my turn-offs, I didn't go in the bedroom this time. Ooh, okay. Surprisingly. I think my first turn-off was chewing with your mouth open. Oh, she went general. I went general. This is like if you're sitting at the maths table. Oh, oh my god don't even get me started on maths that's a whole other pod episode <laughs> the next one was if they're rude to wait stuff okay 
because I feel like you can always tell by a person's energy if they're rude to wait staff or if they're rude to animals. I don't know how you can be rude to animals, but you know what I mean. Have a disregard for animals. Yeah, that's what it is. Have a disregard. So if you have a disregard for animals and for people, then you're probably not a very nice person. You're probably not a very nice person. You're probably a little bit narcissistic do you know what that reminded me of when you said rude to wait staff yeah you know in the movie just go with it with jennifer aniston and adam <sighs> sandler yeah you know in the that's where your they, favorite movie yeah, yeah, yeah you know when they meet up with nicole kidman and her husband in the thing yeah and the staff like pour the wine and he's like don't pour the wine over me don't yeah. pour over me that to me is like oh my god blow up yeah maybe that person has a very volatile personality well that's what it is it's red flag because you don't know like they mm. could be quite volatile they could just hostility and hostile. volatility blow up at any moment it's also that rudeness if you're going to be rude to someone you don't know how are you going to be in a relationship mm-hmm. over something so little mm-hmm. so that's a massive red flag for me we're going back to red flags for you. Yeah, sorry, red flags. <laughs> the turn off is doing like a... It is, it's doing a switch. Hand in hand. It is, it I mean, is. mine were hand in hand as um, well, so... Again, I just had doesn't take care of themselves and poor hygiene. Yeah, that is... A, well, it's a turn off. If you're, turn off. Guys, if you're not smelling of some sweet perfume or cologne... Or cologne. Or yeah. even just clean shower and soap, honestly... Oh, do you know my favourite soap is coconut soap? Yes, I do. If you smell like coconuts, I'm going to marry you. Well, please don't because she's already going to marry me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying you got to smell like coconuts. I do. And then the last one was, yeah, lack of communication. And again, that's because my green flag is healthy communication. Yeah. So I guess makes sense Obviously, to go hand. Obviously, opposites. Yeah. yeah. Opposites. Attract. Are you going to tell me about your worst first date? I am. And now I have two. But one is actually a worse first date and the other one's not really first dates, but it's still a bit... Is it something weird that happened? Yeah, something weird. Something, how you going? Something weird that happened. Something weird. Okay, hit me with it. The first one goes all the way back to when I very first came out of the closet. How old were you? I was 26. Okay. And we spoke about this on the very first episode. But you're giving the in-depth story I'm now. I'm giving it a little bit of an in-depth story of what happened. I didn't actually tell this story on the episode, mm. but... I spoke about my coming out experiences on the first one. Basically, I had come out, I'd said to my sister, you know, I've got to explore with women and everything. So I was on um, Tinder and I matched with a few girls, you know, which is nerve wracking in itself, especially for a gaby. Absolutely. For anyone, but for a gaby especially. And I remember matching with this really pretty girl and I messaged her on Tinder for a bit. And then she told me, because... You, you know, you said on our first episode how surprised and willing you were that I was able to like message and text message straight yeah. away and give out my number. And then she told me to message her on WhatsApp. Okay. And I was like... That's a bit strange. I was like, mm, that should have been my first red flag. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think of that because, you know, being a gay... You're gabe, probably just excited. I was excited. Being a gayby, I was like, oh, pretty girl. So downloaded it messaged her anyways and we talked for a bit and then we started to discuss meeting up Mm -hmm. and I think she worked in like childcare or so I don't know but she kept bailing when it came to the dates and so that was my (laughs) second red flag yeah and I was like oh no and then eventually she said yes so I remember on this particular night I had spoken to my sister I'd showed her I'd talked about the location and everything to be safe and she had helped me get dressed and do my makeup and I was literally about to go out the door 
And surprise, surprise, she cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> so after this third time, I had enough and blocked her and I was like, whatever. And one of my favourite TV shows at the time watching was Catfish. Yeah. I was like, this is sounding super, super catfishy. Catfish sketchy. And because of Catfish, you know how to do the reverse number search and everything. I reverse number searched her number and it turns out it was a 50-year-old male who had been scamming young women all over Tinder their whole wow. whole time with oh fake profile. Holy shit. Yeah. So that was probably my worst. Then you fully like reverse catfished this guy. First day, yeah. Next season of Catfish with Lauren. <laughs> yeah. Hit Next season of Catfish with just gay stuff. We're not affiliated, but you no. know, if you want to be. If you'd like to be, that'd be great. Neve, come on. Yeah, come on, Neve. I'm Jewish, you're Jewish. <laughs> oh, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know each other? Yeah. It's like lesbian community. We yeah. all know each we other. We all know each other. <laughs> We're like the chart of their work. We've you all can seen connect them. us by like at least six lines. We're yeah. all connected. So that was the first one. Luckily, my best friend was there to save the day and took me out and... Woohoo, go cat. Yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> we hang out, hung out and went out to dinner and stuff. But the second story that I'm just going to quickly tell, probably not as good as the that first one, wasn't a first date. And it was kind of like over multiple dates. But I once went out with this girl who constantly claimed to be gay or a lesbian or however she identified and was only interested in women. And when we went on these few dates, she was always all over me. She was ready and willing. She was ready and willing. Yeah. She like, And it wasn't even a fear of holding me, my hand in public or anything. She, she was, was just going she for it. She was going for it. She okay. was there. And then I remember one night I was at her place and we were talking because... I started to catch the feels a bit before like anything progressed further. And then suddenly she turned around to me and she said, oh no, I'm not into that. I'm fully straight. And I just left her being like, what the fuck? So she took you for an absolute ride. Yeah, I went for a roller coaster of a ride. How fucking wild. Yeah. Wow. So those were probably my worst. Do you ever wonder what goes through someone's head if she didn't have that fear to be out with you in public and doing those things, but then all of a sudden just turned around and was like, no, that's not me. I don't know. Maybe well, maybe it's the exploration. The exploration or maybe it'd be someone had a negative reaction to her talking about it in her family and she thought, oh, I don't actually have the capacity to explore this. Yeah, you just never know. You don't know what people are going through. You that's don't know wild. the environments, but it is hard to play with people's feelings, Yeah, especially hard. a newly out gaby yeah so then you know of course being very cautious in my next few and it's a vulnerableness yeah it's a vulnerability yeah that's the word i was looking yeah, for I, know, I knew what you meant <laughs> i'm so intelligent guys <laughs> she's super intelligent wow so my first date story that is the worst first date i've ever been on there's kind of a lead up so i'm kind of gonna tell tell the backstory I have to tell like a story as well that kind of left me really sad. But essentially, I got out of a three-year relationship with my very first girlfriend. And so I was about 24. Wow. And I had met this girl who was playing in a band. So if she listens to this, she's fully going to know who she is. But it's water under the bridge now. So yeah. this is just a story to tell. She was playing in this band from Sydney and they were up here touring and my band played with her band and I just remember like meeting her and I was super captivated, yeah. so captivated. I thought she was so talented, so sexy. Like she just had everything going on. Going, yeah. And at the end of that night that we had the gig together before she left to go back to her hotel, 
I was like, oh, I really want to kiss you. Yeah. And she was like, I want to kiss you too. Or one of her bandmates had actually said to me, oh, I think she wants to kiss you. And so yeah. I was then like really forward. I was like, yeah, come on, let's do it. Yeah. So we did. And then we kept in contact after she went back to Sydney. And then she came up here after Christmas because this was like in November. Yeah. She came up here after Christmas for um, the long weekend. Yeah. And we hung out and we were, you know, um, (laughs) (laughs) doing things. (laughs) We hung out, we were intimate and that felt really good. I was super excited. I was like, wow, like I really am into this girl. Yeah. You know, she lived in Sydney. I lived in Brisbane. Like it was, I think I knew it was never going to work, but I think I was so captivated and so interested and I spent a lot of money. I was flying to Sydney nearly every weekend for like a month and month and a half. And then I remember the things we do and I know. And the queer community, (laughs) I was so young, but I felt so good. Yeah. And I think, you know, you chase that high, you chase that feeling and she made me feel amazing. I remember it would have been about February and she had said to me, oh, I think maybe it's time that we stop this. And I was, I knew that she probably didn't love me, but I know, I knew I was like falling Falling in love with her. Yeah. Yeah. And I never told her because I kind of knew that it was not reciprocated. You're protecting yourself in a way. Yeah. And I also knew that she was never going to move to Brisbane. I was never going to move to Sydney. Like it's just not going to happen. It's not feasible. And I don't think I have the capacity to do long distance. No. No. So, (laughs) so like we spend two days away from each other and I'm struggling. Yeah. So I definitely didn't have the capacity to do long distance, but I had already booked another flight to see her before she had said, Oh, I think we should stop. So I was going down to see her one more time anyway. And she was like, let's just have fun and let's this and let's this. And I really tossed up telling her that I loved her regardless if she said it back, just in case it changed anything. Changed her mind, yeah. And I ended up not saying it. I remember lying in her bed and we were just talking and I remember tossing up like, do I say it? Do I not say it? Do I say it? Do I not say it? So out of fear, I just didn't say it. Yeah. But what she said to me was the guy in my band and I had a bet who could sleep with you first. (gasps) Oh my God. And that really. That's horrible. Really hurt me. Yeah. That would have broke you. It really did. I, especially I'm on the verge of telling her I loved her and she's just openly telling me that it was a bet that she slept with me. Yeah. And I kind of thought to myself, oh, do you know what? It had to have been more than that for her to want to keep seeing me. Yeah. Maybe it started out that way. Yeah. But But that was just a really hurtful thing to say. And I don't really think that was necessary to tell me. No, it wasn't. Especially if the whole thing was essentially ending in a way. I kind of feel like that's why she told me to give like a little bit of hatred towards her so that I didn't like her anymore and it was like an easier way out but I don't know that's just speculation on my end yeah well you wouldn't know anyway that brings me to my first date story but oh that wasn't even no that wasn't (laughs) (laughs) well that wasn't a first date that was like we'd been seeing each other but it brings me to my first date story because to cope I jumped on tinder and I swiped right as we do yeah I swiped right on a few girls and I met this girl and we were talking for a while and she was also in music and I don't know I shouldn't date musicians no um, and I don't I can't she doesn't <laughs> I, I can't don't. play I don't have rhythm <laughs> she's seen me try and play the drums this girl and I decided we were going to meet up for sushi 
Yeah. And so we'd meet in the middle. She was living like Gold Coast way. And so we met somewhere in the middle. I think it was like, if you know Queensland, if you know Brisbane, it was, it was around Logan, I, I think. I say Logan. Yeah. I think it was like Springwood or somewhere. I, yeah, somewhere I couldn't in even the tell there. you somewhere there. The date went well. Like we got on. She knew a few people that I knew. So, you know, we were kind of talking about mutual friends, mutual friends yeah. and music and things like that. Because I was really heartbroken over the last girl. And I really, I don't think she was really for me, but we had hit it off at the time. Yeah. So I remember taking her back to my car because we'd both driven there. I think because the sushi train was closing and we were still talking. So I was like, oh, I'll just come to my car. We'll talk. And then we kind of asked each other kind of like on first dates. Oh, how do you think the date went? You yeah. know? And she was like, oh, it was really good. I really like talking to you. And then I had said to her, oh, I would like to kiss you if you would. Respectfully. Yeah. Consent. And she was like, oh, really? Like, yeah. And so we started kissing in the my making car. Out. Yeah, we started. We were making out in the front seat of my car. Making out commenced. <laughs> and we probably were making out for like half an hour. And guys, this next part is utterly disgusting. Yeah. So I don't. I remember this story. Now. I don't even know. I don't think I even told my mum this story. So mum, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. Sorry, you have to hear this. Sorry, Robbie. But <laughs> I looked up after maybe 20 minutes of making out with her. And where the sushi train was, it was like situated across from like a pub. Yeah. And there was a guy hiding behind a light pole, like jerking off to us. Oh my God. I was horrified. I would be too. The worst part was we both looked up and we were just like, what the fuck? Yeah. And so I started my car and I like drove away, even though her car was still in the car park. Yeah. I was like, let's just drive. And we drove away and he started like running after our car. Really? And that it That's terri- terrifying. It was terrifying. I was so terrified. And he looked so greasy and disgusting. Mm. And I was just like, oh my God, that is 100% the worst first date I have yeah. ever been on. And it wasn't even because of my date. No, I think. Somebody else external to my date was a disgusting human human being and yeah, had to like gross. ruin it for me. Um, I think you definitely topped the top. Did I take the, the cake? I think you took the cake on the worst first date story. I think so. I don't know how I could beat that. I don't know how anyone could beat that, but no. I'm sure. Th- I'm sure there's a story out there. I'm sure there's stories out there. So our next question is, do you have a worse first date that could even possibly top, top mine? that. Or not top mine. We d- it we're hoping have- that you don't have a first yeah, date well, to top hers. We're hoping that it's not <laughs> as bad as that. But if you do have a worse first date story and you would like us to give it a read on the pod, we would love to read it. You can remain anonymous if you want to. But yeah, send it in to us. Yeah, please send it in to us. Even if you don't want it read, but you want us to read it to ourselves yeah just let us know yeah i think we should end there because (laughs) my story kind of still leaves me speechless it does i've got no words after that and i have nothing more to say (laughs) neither we hope you guys had a lovely valentine's day enjoy your valentine's day more than i enjoyed that first date yeah yeah (laughs) and remember to stay gay motherfuckers i'm talking about Thanks for joining us on another episode of Just Gay Stuff. Make sure to follow us at Just Gay Stuff Podcast on all your socials and write to us with your stories at justgaystuffpodcast at gmail.com.